Welcome to season seven of Franchise Findings. This is your host, Patrick Fundaro. We're gonna continue to interview franchisees of some very large franchise organizations as well as emerging concepts, as well as founders and top professionals in the franchising space. I hope you enjoy our podcast as well as today's episode. Hey, you have Patrick Fundaro here. I'm joined by Timothy Holliday who's a senior director of franchise development at Flora Coverings International. Timothy, thanks so much for joining. Thank you, Patrick. It's great to be here. So I've been a big fan of your concept. We've had uh, clients invest in the past with, with our one company, Visa Franchise. And then on the data side, the other hat we wear, Vetted Biz, just all the metrics and everything keep on improving for floor covering, whether it's average unit volume, the growth of units. So very impressive brand that you and your colleagues have built thus far. I'm curious why you had a lot of optionality, I imagine, on different franchise brands to join. Why did you join uh, Floor Coverings International? Well, I love that question. I actually get that asked a lot by the candidates. Why are, why are you here? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I did, uh, I did a lot of independent research. So I reached out to franchisees, um, that were actively already operating and I asked them all the questions I would have expected a franchise candidate to ask. And, uh, I was trying to find those that were not happy and, and that kind of thing. And, and I couldn't find any, honestly. So the, when I was reaching out to them, the franchisees were all happy. Um, even the, the one guy that was not super happy by the end of the, the conversation, he was talking about how, yeah, with all the things that were put in place, I'm, I'm going to hold out of my business now and probably make more money out of it in a few years with this, the systems that have been implemented, implemented in the last couple <laughs> of years. So, uh, he was trying to not be happy, but he was still very, uh, happy about it. And the franchisees are making money. So that's one of the, the keys, obviously, is you get into business so you can make money. There's a lot of reasons why, but the franchisees were very happy. They were yeah. making money. All of them kept talking about the support that they received, not just from the franchisor, but from the other franchisees. It really was a community, it sounded like. And uh, obviously, after getting in, I definitely uh, have seen that uh, be the case. What do you think floor coverings from the corporate side, from where you sit, helps to foster that community across mm. the franchisees. Absolutely. It, it definitely comes from the top. So our CEO, Tom, um, is just a, Tom Wood is a very down to earth human being and ultimately creates that environment. And he's also involved in the environment. So for example, we have peer advisory groups where the franchisees meet with each other and our CEO actually facilitates, I think it's eight or nine different peer groups throughout the year. So he literally will travel to the, to the market, spend two or three days with them, being a partly a fly on the wall and listening to them and also getting feedback from them. So he's engaged. Um, and so franchisees um, see that engagement. They see it from the corporate team. And so they want to help each other out. That also goes into the validation as well. I get, I get calls from franchisees after they've talked to my candidates and they're Hey, that's a great franchise candidate right there. Or, hey, maybe that person need to make sure he understands this aspect of the business. So to make sure we're getting the right people in. Yeah, I see. I mean, with the best franchise systems, and this came up with one of your sister brands from a franchisee of Serta Pro Painters, that it's like you're only as strong as like the other franchisees in the system. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen from the floor coverings franchise system, as well as some of the strongest 
other franchise brands is like the franchisees were already successful before and yeah. they're entering the floor covering system, but they were already doing well and they were already on a, a pretty nice upward trajectory. Good quality franchisees, great backgrounds, all kinds of all kinds of different backgrounds, but ultimately they've been successful in their own right before becoming a franchisee usually is the case. I, I hear that after people come back from, uh, we have virtual discovery days when they, they get finished with that. They're like, wow, I was so impressed with the other potential franchisees that were in that meeting with me, you know, the backgrounds and the careers that they've had uh, up to this point. Yeah. A few of the franchisees were seriously high earners and they'll take a step down for a year or two as the floor coverings business gets scaled up, but then they're yeah. right back at what they were earning before. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, you talked about the, the, the community, obviously the financial aspect. What about the industry? Did you have any experience before in, in the flooring industry? What attracted you to kind of the macro and, and <laughs> this environment? So yeah, as a kid, I always wanted to be in the flooring business. You know, <laughs> I wanted to be a professional basketball player, Superman or a flooring guy. Uh, no, I have no experience whatsoever in the flooring industry. Um, but I do like uh, non-retail businesses. Uh, that, that's kind of been what I've done over the last 22 years is focused on the non-retail um, service-based. Um, and when you think about it and you look at, people are going to invest money in their largest asset, which is their home, unless they've got a business. Uh, so if their business could be their largest asset, right? Um, that's the goal, their home. They're going to invest money in it. And so, and especially, gosh, since you know, COVID happened, so many more people are working from home, they notice and they're willing to invest more into it. So it was one of these things that even during, you know, theoretical downtimes, right? Like, you know, I get asked, you know, occasionally, well, what about inflation and all that? And I said, well, the, the, the cool thing is we're old enough to have lived through 2008 and still had double digit growth during 2008. So the home improvement industry is not going away. Um, and you can't really replace your own floors for the most part. You can maybe do some other things around the home, but you can't put your own floors in, or at least they're not going to look very good when you do. And what are we talking about? How much is it going to cost a consumer for the, the services and the products? What would be like kind of the average ticket? Our average cost for a customer is about $8,000 for a floor. Okay. So that's, that's significantly higher than some of the other um, flooring concepts I reviewed where it's more like 3K, 4K. What is it? Yeah. Is floor coverings going after like a, a different type of consumer or what, or, or what do you see there? We actually do the whole project. So we actually do uh, through subcontractors, the labor. So we make a margin on the labor and we sell the product. So okay. we're not just doing, Hey, you go buy your own product and and handle the labor part of it. We do the entire project. It's a bigger ticket because we're doing the whole project for them, but also from the customer's perspective, we're handling everything. So they don't have to go figure out what floor they want. They don't have to figure out an installer. We handle all that for them. And so they pay for that full project. When the franchisees are, are maybe providing quotes, like who else is in the competition? Are there any of the big box retailers or is it the consumers like looking at some guy that's going to do service and also going to a, uh, a Home Depot? How, how does that work? Yeah, if you look at uh, a Home Depot customer, it's probably not our customer. They're probably shopping on price. Um, yeah. And ultimately, but if they are going to Home Depot, they're purchasing the product and then they have a completely third party installer come in and, and do the installation. And the person they purchased the 
product from at Home Depot isn't there to be there to help them with that. Um, it's just, here's a work order. And then that install guy shows up or that team shows up and they've never been to the home before. In our scenario, we've actually been in the home already and we're there at the beginning of the install. So the person who is that actually had made all the comments about, hey, watch out for the, you know, very old antique piano over there. That person is in the home, you know, uh, when the install is happening. So that's one thing that uh, it's a different scenario. There are others. There's the mom and pops. You know, what's really interesting, and most people are surprised by this, but the flooring industry is over $100 billion. But if you take the top 50 sellers of flooring, so that would be your Home Depot, your Lowe's, uh, Floor and Decor, those other companies out there. But the top 50, they only make up 10% of the market share. Wow, super fragmented. Yeah, so it's extremely fragmented. And so 90%, obviously, because I'm great at math, 10 and 90, is all the mom and pops out there, the little shops that are out there. So that's who our competition is for the most part. That's who we're taking some market share from. And what is what are the costs to, to get started? Like what's a general range if someone's looking to invest in a floor coverings international? Our total investment all in is about 225000 Okay. And that's going to be your franchise fee. That's going to have some marketing dollars set aside, opening package, you know, the wraps for the vehicle and all those sorts of, and the samples that go in the vehicle, all of that. What do you do to help the franchisee open fast, break even, and start making real money to support their family? I'm going to add in there, open well. Open well. Okay. I like that. Because a, a lot of times franchisors will sell a franchise and then <laughs> two or three days after they sign the franchise agreement, Somebody's up in a training class and then it's months before they actually are ready to open. It's a bad model. So we, as and everybody wants to open right away, right? So, but what we want to do is make sure that they open well. And for example, we have a franchisee just, just um, that I had worked with that signed on Wednesday. Uh, their money cleared yesterday and they're onboarding on Monday. So they'll start onboarding and the onboarding is They'll meet with the um, two of our initial trainers and our onboarding coordinator. The two trainers, by the way, are former franchisees of Floor Coverings International. That'll take them through the startup and through the first 90 days of operations. Wow. This is not theory. It's real world there, experience they're, they're, they're for them. That. And so then they'll, at, out of that onboarding call, they'll have a, about a 75 to 80 point checklist that they'll start working on. And they'll have calls on a regular basis with the onboarding coordinator and with the coaches. So they've got about 180 hours of training that happens before they open for business. Because most people are not flooring experts. No. So they don't have any experience. We prefer no experience, honestly, when it comes to that. Yeah, um, you don't need some, don't... someone second guessing your 30 plus years of, of uh, Exactly, experience. right? So they'll do three days in Atlanta to start with. Then there's six weeks of virtual training, uh, live virtual training classes. They come back to Atlanta. They're actually in that last week going out into people's homes in territories in Atlanta, selling flooring before they open for business the next week. And when they come back and they're opening up on Monday, they literally already have appointments on their calendar because of how our marketing works. So they're coming back and that's your, your, your ramp, your startup fast. We're actually marketing in their territory a few weeks before they open. So appointments are actually starting to show up on their calendar that first week in business. How do you do that? Is it, is it pay-per-click? Is it just organic content that you already start driving in that, in that market? 
yeah, it's going to be pay-per-click. It's going to be um, paid social media, retargeting, remarketing, ANG, all those kinds of things that there's several that nobody has ever heard of, but they've actually used um, that drive people in the home improvement space digitally. And we're spending our money doing that to start off with. So we're driving the traffic. Um, and this is one of the big differences between, I feel, in our marketing versus other companies marketing on digital. A lot of franchisors will say, hey, Patrick, go spend $60,000 on marketing, and I sure hope it generates you some customers. What we do is we actually spend our money first. I kind of say like at the top of the funnel. We're spending our money driving the leads into the funnel. And we have two call centers and a texting bot. And once they book an appointment on the calendar for the franchisee, that's when the franchisee spends their marketing dollar. So they cool. purchase the appointment versus right. throwing money out there, hoping to generate some leads. Yeah. Paid per click is it's I've tried for, I don't know, eight plus years and I, I haven't figured it out. So I can't imagine someone that doesn't doesn't come from any marketing experience, like mm -hmm. really being able to solve the funnel. It takes a lot of money and time to, to hit it hard. So that's great that you, you support your franchisees with that. Yeah, they'll burn through it trying to figure it out. Right. Yeah. And you, how many franchisees right now are in the whole system? We've got 225 that are open and we have another 30 or 35 that are in the onboarding stages, like that 180 hour training. It's about two months worth of training, two and a half months worth of training that they'll go through. Some of them are international. So they're in the process of moving from another country to this country. So that takes a little bit longer for them to get. Yeah. And thankfully the appointments have gone way down where it's during COVID, it could be up to a year where now it's more like one to three months. It shouldn't be more than yeah. that. In terms of scaling up. So you start with one truck. Yeah. We call it a mobile showroom. Mobile showroom. And uh, there's 3,400 samples inside of a mobile showroom. Uh, so you start with one and you start with an office manager. That's it. So just two people, but in about six to nine months, you'll bring on a second mobile showroom and you'll hire what we call a design associate. And they'll go out there and start meeting with customers too. Another six to nine months, you'll add another one. And so you'll be up to, you know, two to three mobile showrooms pretty quickly. And do you see a lot of franchisees will, will kind of stop at three mobile showrooms, their lifestyle business owners, they're, they're happy with, you know, the amount they're making or do they keep on scaling up? Depends on how hungry they are. Sure. <laughs> uh, but our goal is that a franchisee have a $2 million business at least. So at the, at a minimum of a $2 million business. So you're looking at, you know, two to three mobile showrooms. And what are the, the margins for your, your industry? You don't have to necessarily say for floor coverings international, but what are some of the general industry margins? Well, I'll tell you what our gross profit margin is for our franchisees. Cause that's in our FDD. Our gross profit margin is 45%. And so 45% it, what that's referencing is the installation labor and the materials. So again, we're making a, a, a margin on the installation as well. And then, so after that you have gas, you have a couple, the couple of employees that you have on payroll. And is there much more yeah. else in terms of fixed expenses every month? You're going to have a small, uh, industrial, um, location. So thousand to 1200 square feet, um, light industrial, uh, I like to say cheap and ugly, so not a retail space because the, the material has to be delivered to a commercial address. Office, like I said, you already mentioned the office manager role. That's that's about it. Wow, okay. So yeah, we're talking about a pretty high margin business. Yes, and that's one thing I really like about the franchisees. They share that data with potential franchisees and part is because they actually know what their data is. Uh, we, do <laughs> monthly, we do monthly financial reviews with them. 
and it, they it, understand it, it, what the owner benefit is yeah. and what their actual net margins are and that they're actually making money. Um, it should be you know, standard, but I talked to so many <laughs> franchisees and um, sadly, there's a lot of franchise systems where the average unit volume is like 250, 300K and you just really can't make, there's like very few businesses you can make money when you have sales of 300K. Yep. And I know one, um, one system in the cell phone repair space, half the franchisees don't do P&Ls. Wow. And it's wow. just, there's no, there's no support <laughs> pushing from the franchisor to, to help people get there. And it's just like, if you don't know your numbers, you can't really grow in, responsibly. Yeah. And here's one of the things, and this is, this is really, really awesome. When we do the coaching is we'll actually take a month's worth and we'll do it on a regular basis, but take a month's worth of their jobs. And what did they install it for? I mean, you know, what did they sell it for? And then what did they install it for? And we'll look at, they quoted this on the, on the labor. They, and this is what they actually did it for. They quoted this on the, um, materials and this is what, and they do all that. What do you, what like, do you see you, the usual, the gap is or the ideas that make it tight? Yeah. You yeah. want what you want to do. And the reports has colors on it. Like it pops sure. red. If, if you're <laughs> off, it pops green. If you made a, a, a higher margin off of it. But uh, one of our coaches said, uh, I heard him say this in the meeting, he's like, how many times do you need to see it red before you decide to do something about it? Yes. And, and it's not just for the business, it's per job and it's across every salesperson. Wow. So you can see where a particular salesperson might be missing the mark and then you can coach to it. So it's not about calling somebody out and being no. critical, it's about fixing it. The team. And so... When you look at, uh, you know, the top 50% of our franchisees are doing almost $1.8 million. So, and they know that they know what their net margin is. They understand their owner benefit, which is different than when you're a W2 employee, you know, the benefits yeah. of having a business, what you're running through the business and uh, those kinds of things. So that we have a very educated franchisee because our system kind of facilitates that to happen. And as opposed to many, you know, franchises like a subway, for example, the midpoint investments 350, but they sell for like 100K, 200K. So you're yeah. just never going to recuperate your, you're never going to get your money back. But yeah. with a floor coverings international, from what I understand, like the resells are, are significantly higher if it's been, you know, five years, 10 years than the yeah. initial quarter million dollar investment. Exactly. Cause you're going to have at that point, you're going to be, you know, a seven figure plus business at that point. Right. I mean, and again, we, we work the, the business model so we can tighten up the margins and drop more cash to the bottom line. Who wants to burn their money, right? You keep seeing those reds. It's like lighting a fire to it. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any particular territories, Timothy, that you're really excited uh, to get into where you're just like, we need to be here? Oh my gosh. I love that question because, you know, we've been around for 33 years, right? Yeah. Um, we're part of First Service Brands, which is a publicly traded company. We've got uh, Paul Davis Restoration, Serta Pro Painter. California Closets, of course, uh, International, Pillar to Post. Yeah. So we've been around a long time. You know, a lot of times uh, people think we're sold out. We've got over 750 locations available right now in the U.S. and Canada wow. that, that are that somebody could take over and operate. So you filled 25% of the available territory. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. There's a few markets that are a little tight, like uh, Atlanta. We've got a couple more territories still there, but that's our headquarters. Charlotte, I think we've got one or two left, but there's most markets are there's some availability within a reasonable distance of anywhere in that market. And tell me, is there much cross-pollination between uh, Floor Coverings International and some of the other brands that you mentioned in terms of data? They work together. On the data side of it, we do that very well at the at the corporate level. Uh, we'll do regular meetings where it's all of the teams from each brand, and one brand will lead uh, that particular meeting on, like we did one recently, Full Coverings International did, about our, our franchise development process. And what are we doing? Because we're having some really substantial growth in our organization. You know, we uh, last year awarded 73 new franchisees, not territories, people. So, which was a pretty good year, which uh, this year we're going to pass that. Um, So we're going to end the first uh, half of the year at about 45 new franchisees already this year. We did a whole conference call, a Zoom call really, uh, where we walked through our entire process, all the little steps that we did, and we did that with all of our brands. So every other brand was asking questions and then Another brand would do a um, one on resales because they they are more they basically are sold out. So what does yeah. their resale program look like, right? So we do a lot of that sharing on the local level. Franchisees they work they ha- they work with each other. They're a referral source for each other. Paul Davis Restoration, if you think about it, they're dealing with floor damaged floors. They're going to refer to a floor company their national franchisee. You know so. Those kinds of things and vice versa, right? You get a call about, hey, my floors are damaged. Well, you know, let's look at Paul, you know, and the same thing with CertiPro. It's the same, same customer. Same customer. That's going to be, yeah, yeah, that's going to be working across all of our brands. And it's interesting because there are quite a few like home service uh, umbrella companies, but none of them have Mm -hmm. like the average unit volumes that you guys have, like just across the board, like. From what I've yeah. seen, they're in that hundred to five hundred k range, not mm-hmm. you know seven hundred k to two million. I, mean, I guess for the closets brand, it's even maybe higher than that. Yeah, you know it's interesting. You look at our uh, item nineteen, and if you take everybody that's been operating for at least two years, the average is over a million. Yeah, that's solid. <laughs> and that's including our bottom ten percent, and yeah. you know those that are that could be that more lifestyle crushing it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you've got your top 10% doing three and a half million and the top 25% doing two and a half million. Yeah. So those are serious numbers and it's, it's great to see that people have properly scaled up to those numbers and it's not a, a dream uh, that yep. there are a lot of newcomers in the franchise space that are, are selling that, you know, this is the next big thing, but at the end of the day, there's no one that's hitting those, those type of numbers yet. You know, one of the things that really helps on the margin side is that our relationship with our vendors, right? So with 225 open locations and having been doing it for 33 (laughs) years, uh, we've got some really good pricing with our flooring manufacturers that we work with, right? And the majority of our floors are private labeled for floor companies or national. So we go in and meet with them and they fall in love with a particular floor. They can't get it anywhere else. They've got to buy it from us. Well, I've seen that it just came in handy during the the pandemic um, with some of our clients with other franchise brands that were part of really large networks. They could get the supplies where the independent operators or if there were just like 10 
40 franchisees, they, they weren't able to get the supplies to actually sell. Yeah, exactly. And another thing that for us that our vendor did for us, because there was a little bit of supply chain issues, right? Um, but yes. to your point, if it's there, they're going to make the biggest customer happy first, <laughs> right? I'm just being honest, right? Um, but another thing they did for us is they actually created an app that could go on the phone for every one of the salespeople so that we could literally go right into the live inventory of our manufacturer and see what's available at that moment. So instead of showing a customer a floor and then Get finding out later it's not available. Oh, there's going to be a right? eight week delay. Sorry. Yeah. You show them something that's available right now. And so our turnaround is, you know, two to four weeks. I mean, not, not get the materials in two to four weeks. You've got your brand new floors installed. Well, Timothy, we've covered a lot today. I've been following your, your, your brand for at least the last six, seven years. You know, over the last year, I've dived more into the, the publicly traded company, uh, the parent company that the yeah. stocks continue to do well over the years. Yes. What uh, advice do you have for prospective franchisees that are evaluating different brands out there? Any kind of concluding thoughts for, for that kind of yeah. persona, that, that, that person that's looking to to get out of corporate America and, mm -hmm. and be a franchise owner? Well, one of the things, and I say this in my very first conversation with a potential franchisee candidate that I'm working with, I don't spend a lot of time talking about Floor Companies International at first. My first conversation is tell me about them. Yes. And so, and the reason I bring that up is because I think one of the most important things that a potential franchisee could do during the development process is be very transparent with the franchisor and be honest with themselves. If you see something you don't like, you may like the person you're working with. You may like that the company is, you know, I mean, we're obviously a blue chip company, right? So we've been around a long time. Right. You may like all those things, but if you can't see yourself doing this business, you might be successful, but you might, but you won't be happy. Don't be fulfilled. And so be very transparent with the person you're working with who's walking you through the process. And if there's something you don't like about it, bring it up, talk about it. And you may have completely understood it. And you know what? It's not a fit. Or you may have a misunderstanding or a misconception about it. Right. And then you get clarity on it. And then, you know, you may like it. So I think it's, it's about understanding with the good franchisors that they're not trying to sell you something. That it's in our best interest to only bring in people we think are going to, to knock it out of the ballpark. Because, yes, we collect a franchise fee. However, we spend more than that to get you up and operational. <laughs> and most franchisors are somewhere a year and a half to two years in before we can actually get a return on our investment. Well, we are anyways, because we're doing a lot of support and, an and onboarding and effort in that front end. Yeah, it's a 10 year agreement. So for us, we're looking at the long term, and we don't want to have a franchise fee and sell a franchise. We want a successful franchisee and a happy franchisee. So make sure they're getting into the right business, make sure that they're reaching their goals. Uh, one thing I also tell every one of my uh, clients I'm working with in the beginning, start working on your vision. What does your vision for owning a business look like? And it may be something like freedom, flexibility, all those things that everybody said, put something else on it. You want to travel the, around the world for a year. You want to buy a boat. You want to take your kids on a safari, whatever yeah, it is, big. that's okay. That should be part of your dream, part yes. of your vision. What's your reason why? And this is something I've really, um, over the last several years, really kind of pushed on a little bit harder. Business is hard, and, and you know that. 
you know, in that first year, year and a half, you're going to work really hard. Definitely. And you're going to have days where you go, why did I do this? The why has to be important. And it's got to be strong enough to push, push you through. through those days that go, okay, that's why I've got <laughs> to do this. I don't want to work. I had somebody tell me yesterday, um, and I love this phrase. It's like, I, I'm tired of working for the man. I want to be the man. Okay. All right. Let's, let's go through that. Let's walk through that. Let's write that down. Continue to, as you go through the process, write more points down and write more bullets down. But ultimately, that's uh, exactly what uh, I would tell somebody to do. And I do tell somebody to do that in every single first call I have with them. Yeah, no, I love that. And it, it relates, you know, so many conversations I've had with uh, franchisees, uh, entrepreneurs that the first year and a half, there will be like months, if not years, where it w it's definitely better being the employee. Yeah. But you're, you're sacrificing for your future self. So if you're not right. willing to do that, continue in your job. Yeah, you, you, you work really hard for the next year and a half or so. But if you work for somebody else, you still work really hard for the next year and a half. And you'd still be working really hard for them going forward. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they keep you around, exactly. right? If, if you don't, uh, what's the rift? If you're not uh, rift or downsides, going back to my, my old age, uh, the downside version of it. <laughs> letting people go and going to a, to a smaller workforce. Yeah. And that's what we've seen corporate America's change over the last 30 years where people yeah. are not staying at the same company. Loyalty is not as big of a thing. Um, so mm -hmm. being a franchisee, um, you can really define your own path as well as choose your clients, which for me, yeah. after running our business, I think it took two years to really be able to decide what type of client, what client I want to work with. And that's, that's an amazing feeling. Absolutely. Timothy, again, thanks for joining. What's the best way for people to, to get in touch with you if they're interested in exploring for their floor coverings? Well, they can call me directly on my cell phone, which is 757-705-4011. And uh, if they miss me, leave a message because I'm on Zoom all day long or send me an email. At my email address is my first initial T, my last name, H-O-L-A-D-I-A at floorcoveringsinternational.com. Perfect. We'll be sure to include that in the show notes for those that are listening via one of the podcasts or watching this right now over, over YouTube. Timothy, thanks again for joining today. Thanks, Patrick. It was really great talking to you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. You can leave us a review if you enjoyed the podcast episode. If you hated the podcast episode, let us know what you thought as well as what future episodes you'd like to hear. Feel free to also drop me a line at patrick at vettedbiz.com and subscribe please to our YouTube channel, Business and Franchise Opportunities by Vetted Biz. This has been Franchise Findings Podcast. Thanks for listening.